Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, July 20th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the White House's confirmation problem. Number two, Rohit Chopra's take on the CFPB. And number three, appropriators in shutdown denial. All right, Jake, let's get into it. A very interesting top this morning by our own Andrew Desiderio looking at the White House's problems when it comes to confirmations. We have been talking about it as it pertains to military promotions with Tommy Tuberville, uh, the senator from Alabama. But this is expanding far beyond that at this point. Yeah, listen, the Senate can't confirm ambassadors. I mean, we, we the, the way we got this idea basically is that uh, yesterday we did a short blurb about Tom Nides, the U.S. ambassador, the former or outgoing, I guess, U.S. ambassador to Jerusalem, to Israel, who uh, we kind of reported yesterday. There, It's not entirely clear they're going to appoint anybody else. Um, and by the way, ambassadors to Israel traditionally um, – get through in the Senate, you know, almost on on consent with consent, you know, with unanimous consent or or, you know, quite easily. But um, J.D. Vance and Rand Paul have holds basically on dozens on a blanket hold on nominees um, and uh Almost all of these uh, many nominees that, that are stalled are career foreign service officers. Um, the uh, the the point of this of of what we're trying to say here, which is important, is that across the world we're relying on what is in foggy bottom State Department speak as charges. Right? These are people who are. Um, usually the deputy chief of mission under a confirmed ambassador, so the number two in the embassy, um, and they are running embassies. And that's what's going to happen in Jerusalem pretty soon. And we're just I'm mentioning Jerusalem because uh, Tom Nige just left. Uh, Isaac Herzog, the president, was just there. And um, it is one of the more high-profile ambassadorial posts in the world. Um, so this is creating some tension you know, the, the question is, should Biden even send these nominees up? Right. But this th- there's some tension with with Democrats here. And Chris Murphy, Democrat of Connecticut, said we have to be willing to stay through the August recess. A familiar trope for, for me and you, Anna, that we've heard about a million times. Um, and uh, Bob Menendez um, uh, said that, you know, they need to decide the administration needs to decide what to use their capital on. Chris Coons, close close ally, perhaps the closest ally in the Senate to Joe Biden, um, said uh, uh, effectively that it would be essentially admitting defeat to not send ambassadorial nominees up to Capitol Hill. So um, this is a very um, charged issue right now because, you know, we are heading into an election season, but there are still you know, 15 months left in this administration. And with the global, uh, the, the geopolitical and global uh, uh, seen so uncertain at this moment, I'd say um, it's, it's tough. It's a tough thing to not have ambassadors in all these countries, Anna. Yeah, I mean, I think a couple things. One, of course, the White House has to continue its job, right? Let's like basically, you know, we if, if we in, in congressional terms, it's like the House saying, well, we're just not going to pass bills because we know the Senate's not going to take our, our our legislation, right? Like, right. doesn't that's work their, that way. That's their job, right? I, I think the question is going to be, and to your point, is like, Okay, Chuck Schumer was a really big deal maker in the first two years of the administration when it came to legislative deals and big, you know, big, big packages. But where, where, if any, is, is there a negotiating room here, right? They aren't going to change as, as we, at the bottom, you have Mitch McConnell saying like he's, uh, you know, 
unwilling or doesn't want to change the what he calls the uniqueness of the Senate. Um, you know, so is there a, a pathway forward? Are there some kind of negotiations? Does the pressure of, hey, let's just stay in for that first week of August, the second week of August doing this? Because the, the point is to actually go and confirm them and not have a deal. It takes a ton of floor time. Uh, and that and then and Schumer doesn't want to do that. You know, where is there, where does the rubber hit the road here? Or is it just, or do they just say, hey, to your point, you know what? It's too bad. We're going to have the number two in the post and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Considering what's happening in Ukraine, our issues with NATO, our issues across the world, um, clearly not an ideal outcome for the Biden administration. Well, good thing. Yes, yes, agreed. Uh, and and it's not just, and you mentioned the, the issues with Ukraine and NATO, and that's true. And luckily we have ambassadors in those two places, but that doesn't mean that other countries aren't involved in the situation in Ukraine and the situation in NATO. Like we need ambassadors everywhere, no matter what the administration is. I will say also on top of that, recess tends to focus the mind. We are July 20th. August is, um, is kind of, quickly uh uh coming believe it or not i don't know how that happened it feels like the summer just started um but you know there's sometimes our deals if if schumer were to say let's you know let's get these nominees cleared what do you need or could we get a package of them cleared that happens all the time right we see that at the end of the year we see that at the beginning we see that uh, at the beginning of recesses like the administration or the Senate majority leader could say, cool, we have all these nominees. We ain't going home until we clear some of these things. And so then they pick out, you know, there's, you know, a whole pile of nominees. Then they pick out a couple of them and they say, can we clear these? Can we clear these? Can we clear these? And then they get a package together and they clear a bunch of them by some by some mechanism. So anyway, that is the um, that's the story on ambassadorial nominees. Um, and we will have to see, you know, this is going to quickly kind of uh, focus the mind over the next couple of, of uh, weeks. Now, I just want to add one more quick thing. We've been covering this a lot. The House resoundingly defeated an, uh, an, an, um, an amendment to add more slots to Washington Reagan National Airport. The, the vote was lopsided. Um, it was a big defeat for Delta, huge defeat for Delta, 205 to 229. Um, clearly, Delta uh, did not get their message across both on the Hill and um, in uh, anywhere. Um, this is a big win for United, Alaska, and American. And this effort's dead for now, uh, perhaps for longer. Because you know what, Anna? The more times this thing gets defeated um, and this effort fails the more times the opponents could say, here they go again, trying to get this thing through. This has already failed a bunch of times. And that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right, Anna? It is going to be something to watch for sure. Um, let's move on to the number two story of the day, Jake. Uh, CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I couldn't believe this when I was talking to Brendan Peterson, our financial services reporter. 12 years ago this Friday, it opened for business. Man, that makes me feel old. I remember when they were debating and trying to come up with this. We're uh, not but, old, though. We're not. We're uh, young. We're 25. I mean, you're right. Totally. Again. And again. <laughs> Just and again. over and over again. Um, <laughs> it was really interesting. Brendan sat down with uh, Chopra talking about kind of his takeaways on oversight. Clearly, as, as we all know, when we've uh, reported, uh, Republicans don't exactly love the CFPB. Um, he has some interesting insights on AI. I, the thing that really stuck uh, out to me is this credit card fees, a proposed rulemaking to sharply limit how much financial services firms can charge in credit card fees. Credit card late fees is one of the industry's most pressing concerns today. Uh, this 
uh, is going to be a big issue for these credit card credit cards um, going forward. Uh, and you know, it's interesting because he basically says, "I don't, I don't think anyone wants a credit card market where the lender is rooting for the borrower to be late." Um, not stepping down at all when it comes to the the concept of capping fees at potentially just eight dollars down from thirty to forty dollars. That's right. Uh, this is a, a fascinating interview, uh, and I also was surprised. It's been twelve years. Also, interestingly enough, as we as we've covered a bunch, the um, Supreme Court is. Uh, there's there's been some question, at least on Capitol Hill. There's a, a a lawsuit over this about the funding stream for the CFPB. That is something that you know. Chopra said he's actually surprised at the level of common ground between Republicans and Democrats and him and on on some of these issues. Listen, junk fees, um, uh, as they're called by the Biden administration, credit card fees, things like that, are uh, is a big focus for this administration. They are focused intently on it, uh, and as is Chopra. Um, the uh, uh, Chopra even um, uh, invoked Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln was not around 12 years ago. Um, but uh, this is a, a fascinating item and uh, marks that this is a um, this is a an important uh, uh, moment for the CFPB going forward. All right, let's run to the number three story of the morning. Shutdown watch. Wow. We're back here again, Jake. Sometimes it feels like Groundhog's Day. Um, but while a lot of folks feel like a shutdown is kind of baked in uh, this fall, House GOP appropriators uh, continue to, you know, kind of plod forward saying that they don't think there's going to be a shutdown. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I think there will be. Um, and for the basic reason, and I'm not I'm not trying to be controversial here or anything like that, but I think the basic point here is that the Senate and House Republicans are just in totally different places. Um, they've not passed. Uh, uh, they're, they're just going to we're going to get to September very quickly. I mean, the House is going to be out for the entire month of August. Then we're going to have uh, 30 days to get a government funding bill in place. McCarthy's starting to talk about this a lot. He is. um Effectively, yesterday, he said he did a, a press conference after taking photos with what, seemingly hundreds of people walking through the Capitol in, in Stat Hall. This is a new McCarthy thing. Um, he uh, said that he's, again, reiterated no omnibus bills. Um, he is uh, standing firm on that. He said he would package some bills together, but he was not going to have a any omnibus bills where they're crafted in the leadership offices and then dropped on the floor. So that is a again an important thing to um, uh, to note. Now let's let's be clear here. Um, the appropriators say there won't be a shutdown. They always say that. That's important, but it's important to note that they're saying that now when it's so clear that there's a growing. Um, a growing movement among the Freedom Caucus folks that they just don't care about a shutdown. They're like, listen, we want to cut spending. We don't care about a shutdown. We've seen this for years, and going back to 2011 and 2010. But I think the the mood right now is so much more shutdown centric than it's ever been before. So this is something that we're going to keep a very very close eye on going forward. All right, with that, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like the Daily Punch, share it on social media. Give us a rating and review. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. We have so much more in our AM newsletter. Go a little bit deeper by signing up at punchbowl.news. It gets in your inbox every morning at around 6 a.m. Thank you so much. Have a great day and stay safe.